Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And here we are. It's another week, but it's a very important day today. I don't know when you'll be listening to this recording on New Year's Eve, the last day of 2016. Some of you might be saying, wait, I thought this was the Ayers, and that doesn't sound a bit like Linda. That sounds like a gruff old uh, guy. <laughs> it sounds like two <laughs> men during the show today. I have got absolutely the dread gombui. Uh, it's inevitable, isn't it, over the holidays when you're around a lot of little kids and a husband who's coughing his head off? It's inevitable. But um, I always say Linda get, gets the colds first and then passes them on to me. But this time is definitely the other way around. <laughs> but um, we have had a raucous um, week or two with Christmas. And last week we were in Arizona. Uh, for those of you who were listening, in beautiful 70-degree weather. And then we came into a massive snowstorm in Salt Lake City. Well, we came in on Christmas Day and we were five hours late. Because of the snow in Salt Lake, snowed all day here on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. So I, I guess the point is we've all, all of us, uh, probably everyone listening who's a parent has been up to their ears and kids and Christmas and all of this. And so we're going to turn the tables a little bit and shift to the topic of marriage. And let me introduce it by saying that we, uh, we teach a class uh, an interesting class with a lot of bright young couples. And we always alternate the classes. We do parenting one time and then we do marriage the next time and we go back and forth. And here recently we started off the class by, by asking just a really simple question. We thought a lot about how to phrase this. And the question was, do you work harder at parenting or at marriaging? And we, we didn't elaborate much on that. We just said, you know, think about those two things, your, your marriage, how much time and effort and thought and how, how hard you're working at, at improving in, in being a marriage partner versus how hard you're working at parenting. And then we just asked them right out of the chute, how many think you're working the hardest at parenting? Every single hand, we had about 70 people in the class, every single hand went up. How many think you're working harder at marriaging not a single hand? And then the next question was, is do you think that's a problem? And all of them raised their hands again, realizing that it is a problem when we're working much harder on our parenting than on our marriaging. And so we decided actually what the title of the class was, New Year's Resolutions concerning your spouse or something concerning like that. marriage right and um, by the way there's not even a word marriaging which i guess underscores the point that we think more about parenting than we do about marriaging <laughs> absolutely um but and we know some of you are single parents who are listening today and and kudos to you because that is the hardest job in the world but today we're going to just focus in on really being able to make some resolutions to improve your marriage. And as we go into the new year, we just thought, you know, in fact, today, this morning, we were talking about not only resolutions, but we were talking about um, blessings of 2016. And I think we need to start there and talk about, think about the blessings that have come to your family in 2016. We started on a list and 
it was so amazing because we things kept popping up and popping up and like, oh, yeah, we almost forgot about that. There were so many important things that happened in our family with births and with surgeries and with hard things and good things and so on. And uh, so we'd like to challenge you to start out with thinking about the blessings of 2016. In fact, let's draw an analogy. It's like when you when you pray, I don't know, I think we're all pretty much taught throughout the Christian world, you start off by the things you're thankful for. And then you go into the things that maybe you want to ask for or the blessings you hope to receive. And maybe there's an analogy here. Maybe the way to start a new year is not to start with the new year, but to start with the year past and, and be thankful and grateful, count those blessings. And that sort of sets a, a foundation or a framework where you're really in an optimistic sort of um, grateful mood to, to start thinking now, what do I, what do I hope for 2017? And we're, we're blessed today because we've got uh, our, our, our son Noah and his wonderful wife, Christy, and their six children with us here. And so it's a wild, wonderful time because they're all, uh, they're all, the oldest one's 11 and they go down to a brand new little baby whose name is Faith. And Faith has increased my faith, I might say, but, but we were talking to them earlier today and they, I think they are really, in fact, I'll just relate a story that Christy told. She, they lived in New York for a long time and one day, uh, Christy was asked to be on a panel that was being filmed for the Today Show, the national, the the leading morning show in the world, the Today Show. And, and they had these women there. And one of the questions they asked to this group of women, I, I, I think it was about 10 or 12 women, the, the, the very same question, um, you know, which should, oh, I mean, I think it was a little different tense. It wasn't which do you work hardest on, it's which should you work hardest on, your marriage or raising your children. And Christy said in that setting, she was unique because all the other women there said, I think you have to work hardest on parenting because you have kids with you for a limited amount of time. And so you have to focus your major priority on them. And, and, and also they're so needy. And they they're need so needy. something yeah. every minute. And, and so Christy said, I was the only one that put my hand up and said, I think that you should work the hardest on marriaging, and I guess the, 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 the conversation turned to her and said, well, why, well, why? I mean, don't you think the kids need to be focused on and prioritized? And I, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but her answer was, I think if you, you know, if you're working hard on your marriage, that will carry over into your parenting. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can say that a little better. The, the effort you put into making your marriage great or how great your marriage is will impact how well you do as parents. And the idea was it may not work in reverse. There are a lot of people out there, and we see this a lot, who are really good parents, really conscientious, but they're letting their marriage fall apart. So I think it's, a, it's an arrow that works one direction. A strong marriage will almost always make you better parents but it doesn't necessarily work in reverse. No, in fact, I'm just kind of thinking through our own kids. Um, our youngest child was married two years ago, and um, they had quite, um, what would you call it? <laughs> I'd call it a rocky start. Rocky <laughs> <laughs> start. Um, well, a rocky relationship all the way along. 
And um, it really was interesting to watch that marriage still going up and down after they um, after they were married. And then after almost two years, not quite, this beautiful little baby came into their lives. And wow, what that did to their relationship was awesome. I mean, it strengthened their marriage. Now, that oh, isn't always far. true. You well, that's hear what a lot I'm of, saying. Yeah. There's the whole spectrum. It could go totally the other way for some of you listening. That may have been the biggest trial of your marriage because you're doing just great and hunky dory with each other and having so much fun. Then this child comes into the world and suddenly your whole life with your husband is turned upside down. And so I guess you're po- put in the background. I guess your point is that they're always related. If, you, if you're a parent and you're also a marriage partner, those two things will always be related. But, but I think where we come down is that you need to prioritize that marriage in a way which, which counter, which sort of overflows into the way you parent. An analogy you may have heard before is that, you know, when you're on the airplane and, and, and the flight attendant says, uh, you know, if the oxygen masks drop, first put the mask on yourself and then on your children. And, of course, the reason is you've got to have oxygen, you know, to, take, to, to be able to take care to of your children. Help somebody else, yeah. And, and in the same sense, if you're a married couple with children, you've got to have oxygen in your marriage. You've got to have a strength and a commitment and a, a sense of, security in that marriage that kids then feel and they become more secure and that's how the oxygen gets to them it really is such a fine line to walk i remember when we had our ninth child clearly saying to you richard when you had something some needy thing i'm hungry or i don't know whatever it oh, was you, you you were saying this to me i was saying you know what honey i have nine kids I can't have 10 kids. You have got to (laughs) take care of yourself. (laughs) I can't take care of you too, which is absolutely the wrong way. I mean, I was overwhelmed, obviously, but it's just the wrong way to look at it. You still have to find time to prioritize, even if it's not time. Obviously, you can't give most of your time to your spouse, but in your mind, you can prioritize that person that's the most important to you. Yeah, I'm really intrigued. We're going to get in the second half of the show today to some specific New Year's resolutions that that we've heard that were impressive to us and that we might recommend to you as a, as a New Year's marriage resolution. But I am intrigued by, we're kind of off on an interesting tangent here, how the connections between the quality of your marriage and the quality of your parenting. And it really does work both ways because some of the best marriages, I think you'd agree, Linda, that, that we know of, some of the couples we've observed who who seem to really have powerfully strong partnerships in their marriage, the, the, a lot of those, a lot of that strength comes from the way they work together in their parenting. And when you think about it, that makes eminent sense because how do you get close to a person? You work on a, on a joint project with that person. I mean, if you're, if you're aligned on a, on a project, on a purpose, on a goal, that will draw you closer together. So couples that talk about their kids a lot and how they're parenting them and what each kid needs and 
maybe you have this thing that we often advocate called a five facet review. How is this child doing physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, spiritually? When, when two parents work together that way, that draws them closer together. So maybe the point for this first half of the show is remember that it's not one or the other. It's none or both. Ultimately, how strong your marriage is, how strong your parenting is, will proceed together. But we think you need to start with the marriage. Well, you do. And you need to have a firm foundation. And we just going into the break, I'll say we have a friend who some friends who we love dearly, but they were really struggling with their marriage. Then they started having children and their complete um, energy was into those children. And then the children all left. And now they don't have a great relationship yeah. because they didn't set it up at the first. So they didn't it's make really it number one important. And just maybe one other quick thing. I do have to say that I had my, I have a sister whose husband died at 57 and, uh, at his funeral, his, one of his sons, our, my darling nephew got up and said, you know, the best thing my dad taught me was how to treat my wife. Yeah. That's and his I legacy. That really is an amazing thing to yeah. think about. So, We'll Brief be back break, we'll be minutes. right back with some ideas for marriage resolutions for the new year. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back, and we've just been on the road between... Park City and Salt Lake City a whole lot, sometimes in rain, sometimes in snow. Mostly to the airport, picking up Mostly kids. Mostly to the airport, picking up kids and taking kids back and so on. <clears throat> but, um, wow, we've had a great holiday season. We hope you have, too. We had a chance last, um, a week ago today, actually, on uh, Christmas Eve, to go to um, the homeless shelter and complex in Phoenix, Arizona, it was a really rare opportunity. It's hard to get into the homeless shelters to help at Christmas time because so many people want to help. Yeah, they want us in July. They need in July. But um, it was so amazing. We have a friend who um, was a county commissioner and said, come on, I need some bodies. And we yes, this is awesome. And, boy, when you go to a place like that, you realize – your blessings. Well, and when you, when you go with kids, it's so so interesting how many of these homeless, uh, mostly guys, but some women would say, "Oh, I wish I just you have a family. You're so lucky. You're so blessed." And it's sort of the byproduct of service, as you realize you start counting your blessings. But let's get to this this New Year's resolution on marriage. I'm I'm going to mention one that happened. That, that sort of dropped in on us years ago. We were living in Boston, and our church leader of our stake or diocese, uh, we call it a stake, was a person that will be familiar to many listeners, L. Tom Perry. He was the stake president or the leader of that stake or diocese uh, long before he became a general authority in our church. And I remember distinctly one conference when he stood up and he uh, and he's a big tall guy with a big booming voice and he said how many of you brethren will join with me in a resolution to take your wife out on a date every friday night <laughs> and then the interesting part of it was he just stood there silent with his hand high in the air 
and didn't say a word until he could look around and see every single man in that congregation with his hand up. And if someone didn't have his hand up, he'd just stare at him until the guy finally sheepishly put his hand up. <laughs> so I guess one resolution, and a lot of you do this, a lot of couples try to do it, it's not easy, but a resolution to continue the courtship, to continue the sort of romantic dating atmosphere that you fell in love with each other with. I'm glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> um, it really is fun to think back, first of all, about when we were first married. Um, I love this man so much. But, man, I love him so much more now. But I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> nor did <laughs> absolutely I. Absolutely. Nor did you. I mean, absolutely Let's face it, no one does. Crazy. Probably we've argued more than probably anybody that you know on the face of the earth because we are so different in the way we approach life. And Richard just thinks so differently than I do on everything. And Which I is remember, a blessing, by the way, a huge blessing. Well, of course, but I remember thinking, you know, there's some things I don't like about Richard, but, you know, I can fix that. I can fix that real fast. <laughs> All I have to do is just cry and tell him how much that means to me, and he's going to change. And no, 47 years later. Um, <laughs> and the funniest one probably is flossing his teeth in bed. I mean, really, I cannot <laughs> do We're not getting into in the bed. trivia stuff, yes, are we? Yes, we are, because that is so ridiculous to floss your teeth in bed. It just drives me nuts. So we made a pact when we first got married. I won't do it. He's still sneaking around. He's still <laughs> sneaking around, and he thinks I'm asleep. Well, I've and learned to do I it more quietly, do don't you think? <laughs> Come on. But I think uh, you're leading up to one resolution you made, which I think is a powerful resolution it's, I think it's something about if it's important. If it's important to you, it's important to me, except for flossing your teeth. No, but that's led Linda to, to go along with a lot of my more eclectic interests. And I've, I've, I think it is a great resolution. I, you know, Linda's a musician, and I decided if, if symphonic music is important to you, it's important to me. And by golly, I drag you to the symphony now. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I'm so tired. Like, I can't go to the symphony. There's so much to hear and there's so much to take in. I can't take any, anything else in today. And we go anyway, and I'm always so refreshed. I did want to say, and, though, Linda, what, what, what you were making me think of a minute ago is that uh, a lot of our early resolutions, New Year's resolutions about marriage early in our marriage, had to do with how we would resolve conflicts. And I remember one of them was that we would we would never end a week. We would never have a Sunday without resolve, having a little meeting together and resolving anything that we felt hadn't been resolved during the week. So we wouldn't carry it over. We wouldn't get into that syndrome of unexpressed feelings never die. They just get buried and come forth later in uglier ways. We didn't want that to happen. So our resolution was to clear the decks every Sunday, and I think that was a good one. Well, it was. It was a lot better than the first one we went with. I mean, the guy who married us told us <laughs> never to go to bed on an argument. Get it worked out before, before you go, you to, go sleep. to sleep. Oh, my gosh. We, at four in the morning, we're still <laughs> going around, still trying to work this out. We're both so exhausted. 
It's such bad advice. The advice we give people now is just when you go to a logger jam, just leave. Leave the situation. Leave well, each don't other. leave. That sounds bad. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm not saying permanently. Go but out I mean, on the balcony. Leave the situation and and go go to the balcony, so to speak. We have a friend who suggests that you pretend like you're in a play and you go up in the balcony and you look at yourself arguing down there about some crazy thing that usually is meaningless. Get and a fresh perspective. Get a fresh perspective. What could he be thinking? What could she be thinking? It is really good to just go change clothes, go do something, and that so it distracts you, and then you can come back with a fresh view. And I remember another resolution early on was to, um, and this was sort of the Stephen Covey principle of seek to understand before you seek to be understood. And we, we had a resolution that when we were having some kind of a disagreement or a difference of opinion, the, the rule was I had to paraphrase what Linda had just said back to her in, in, a, in a way that was good enough that she would say, yes, that is what I said. Then I could go ahead and make my point. And then Linda would have to paraphrase back what I had said before she could make her next point. And boy, that takes the wind out of the sails of an argument. It in does, a big because hurry. <laughs> aren't you just usually thinking about what your next point's going to be? I mean, and what they're saying is so silly. You're like, how could you even think that? This is the this is the real deal. And then you get yourself ready. But if you're really listening to what they say, and when you verbalize that, it kind of changes things in, in your mind. I mean, yeah, yeah. and this is, we have to say that there were times when we just thought, you know, we're just going to have to agree to disagree, and we have done that. But um, no, we have we until Sunday, and then we'll we'll resolve oh, it right. in some oh, way on, on Sunday. We always resolve everything. Well, I mean, no, enough, enough that we can things. carry on yeah. living, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did. I wanted to add another thought that I think the best. I think Linda, what you tell me if you'd agree, honey. But I, the best resolution I ever made unilaterally. And by the way, that's an interesting thing. You can make these resolutions together as a joint resolution, as a couple, but sometimes the most powerful resolutions regarding marriage are the unilateral ones, like where, where I say, I am making a resolution to do this for Linda. I don't even tell her about it because it's my way of saying, I'll do this irrespective of what Linda does. Or And sometimes those are powerful ones. And I remember one year I... And it was an interesting year because I was really busy at work and and Linda was more I didn't realize it fully, but was more busy than I was with with, I think, four little kids at home at the time. But I had some flexibility in my work. So I made a resolution that on Wednesdays I would work from home and watch the babies and Linda would go wherever she wanted. She could go on a drive. She could go well, I went have off dinner. And... She could go with her friends, but she could get out of the house one day a week. And I think that's the best resolution I ever made. Well, so do I. I mean, <laughs> I went off to write a book about the crazy life I was living as a mother. <laughs> and it turned out to be uh, the title was I didn't plan to be a witch. But, you know, I had to write down those experiences before I forgot them because it's so hard to be a mom. And there are things you just can't. Yesterday, as we were getting kids ready to go out in the snow, it is hilarious what it takes to get a child out in the snow in their snow pants. And we have this huge <laughs> stockpile here that kids have gotten to the DI or kids have grown out of things and left. 
honestly, by the time we got those five kids outfitted and stuff, and then, oh, but these pants are too tight, but these boots, I, the, it's like they're that scene, my boots. It's like, like that scene in the Christmas story. Oh, my story gosh, where the exactly. Kids look, they look like fat little. Exactly. They were all <laughs> like that. I thought, oh, I forgot how hard this was. It is just so difficult. And that was the best gift that I think you ever gave me because you have to have a break. You have to get away from So you see kids. the point on unilateral resolutions. I mean, if you as the husband or the wife are just saying, you know, what would make my partner the happiest? By the way, it is an interesting thing. We've been speaking a lot about this lately. You, you probably have more influence over your partner's happiness than you do over your own. I mean, you can say, I resolve to be happy and you just become indulgent. But if you say, I'm going to figure out ways to make my partner happy. And that's, that's where this unilateral resolution, you might, you might think of something, you know, would really make that other person happy. And without making a big deal out of it, without even telling him or her, you just do it. And that's a powerful resolution. What were some of the ones that came out in the class that we thought were so good as new year's resolutions, things, people, were determined to do better during the new year? Well, I think uh, there was a suggestion of just quit looking for the bad things. You know, quit looking yeah, for yeah. the things you don't like in your spouse. And we were, and then concentrate on the things you do like and comment about it and make that at the top of your list instead of oh, the yeah, things one, that you don't yeah, like. One was to give a, a thoughtful compliment every day. I don't know if every day is too much, but it was an interesting idea that one fellow said we're smiling at each other because richard is so good at compliments to a fault no i just i, I mean, just tell you what i look I like noticed. the wicked witch of the west filling in <laughs> the title of that book and he's like oh you look so beautiful i mean <laughs> no i don't give false compliments well if i see something what, i like what, i i mean you can <clears throat> like what you see when you're telling me compliments sometimes, but <laughs> but I do appreciate that. But I do think, I mean, Christy, who's with us now, our daughter-in-law, was just saying today, you know, you will find what you're looking for. And I love that phrase because, you know, if you're looking for the faults in your husband or looking for the things that you don't like about them, it can overtake you. Yeah, it has and to If do. you're looking for the good things and the great things and you're, and you're mentioning it, you're bringing it out then that can overtake you. Sometimes the best resolution that you can make unilaterally is to recognize your partner's love language, right? And and to get yeah. it away from your own. Like if you, uh, I don't want to get too personal here, Linda, but if, if, if the way you want love shown to you is for your wife to give you a back massage, then the, 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 the resolution to make is not, I will give my wife a back massage. The best resolution is to figure out what her love language is. And maybe your, maybe your uh, resolution is, I will, I will do the dishes uh, on Sunday afternoon or whatever. <laughs> Honey, you have learned. Yes, you're so good. <laughs> and I mean, really, there were times when I just was so overwhelmed with so many things. And, and um, Richard say, well, let's see what, I think what you really need is a poem every day. And this, <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. married to you a poet. He's you fabulous. You don't, you don't wanna... I was like, no, I just need you to do the dishes. Don't be asked to do them. Just do it. Just see what needs to be done and do it. That's all I need. And it really is important that love language is really a deal. And, and I love that. If you haven't read that book, The Five Love Languages, and you're concerned about really making some resolutions for your spouse, just go on Amazon and order it. It's cheap. So I think what we're challenging you to do is think of two t 
types of resolutions. Challenge number one, sit down together as a couple and say, what can we do together to make our marriage stronger? And then break that down into some little resolutions. And number two, each of you go off on your own and make some unilateral resolutions. What can you do individually, secretly even, to make the marriage better? And I'm committing to do that, and you always do that really well. So we really challenge you to do that. Have a great, happy new year to to you. 2017 is going to be awesome. We hope it's even better for your marriage. We'll talk again next week on Ayers on the Road. Ta-ta. See you next time. 